Down the Lines podcast with Tyler Hunt. It's storming outside because Brian Kelly's just raining in these recruits. That's a go, Tigers. You know, Joe Burrow, he was the one. (laughs) What's Brian Kelly going to do? I don't know. And now your host, Tyler Hunt. Hello and welcome to episode number 136 of Down the Lines. On today's episode, we're going to continue going position by position on the preview of LSU's 2022 football team. On Monday, I did the offensive line and the running backs and really kind of the overall running game. Today, I'm going to do the defensive backfield, which I'm super excited about because it is a completely new defensive backfield. A complete clean slate except for Jay Ward, pretty much, in the defensive backfield. And I'm excited about it. On the next episode, we'll be going over the D-line and the linebackers, really the defensive front seven, and then we're going to get back to the offensive side of the ball and round that up with the next two episodes to finish off the week. So I'm just going to jump right into it. The defensive backfield this year, I'm very, very excited about. The last couple of years, it's been terrible, absolutely awful, and it wasn't because we had bad players. We just had the number three overall pick in the draft, Derek Stingley, who was playing for us. Did he play the whole year, the whole last couple of years? No. You had Elias Ricks, who was a first-round draft pick. I mean, who is going to be a first-round draft pick. He's projected to be a first-round draft pick. But is he on this team this year? No. When Derek Stingley was not playing, Dwight McLaughlin stepped in, and he played Really, really well. Is he going to be here this year? No. (laughs) No, he's not. Really, one of the only contributors you have on this team that was also here last year is Jay Ward. I mean, you have Major Burns, Matthew Langlois, um, Sage Ryan, players who played sparingly last year but we're all really young and didn't exactly get, didn't have everything uh, underneath them, not entirely ready uh, for the SEC. I'm not even going to say ready, but not huge contributors. Um, Because the guys that you had playing, who left? And then you also gave up the most big plays in the SEC. Uh, which is just not an LSU thing. Well, in 2020, 2021, both years, you gave up huge plays in the defensive backfield, and I think that has more to do with the coaches than the players, especially uh, linebacker-wise. Uh, and in the secondary, you had too many things being said. In 2020, you had a coach who did not care at all about coaching, which is why he only lasted a year. Last year, you had a coach who it was his first time being a defensive coordinator, and it took him a minute to learn, and as the season went on, they got better. Now you're implementing 
a guy that was a, a, a defensive coordinator in the NFL and who was a defensive coordinator at Kentucky. This is going to be a completely different defense, and it's going to be a step in the right direction under Brian Kelly to get back to the defenses that you remember at LSU. That, that what people used to look at LSU as is a defensive power. You ran the ball on offense. You scored 12 points a game, but your defense gave up 11, so you won 10 games a year. That's not going to be how LSU wins games, but the defense, instead of being ranked in the bottom half of the SEC, is going to start taking steps to be ranked in the top half. And I'm going to start with the defensive backfield today, and I'm going to start with the player who we have coming back in Jay Ward. Jay Ward is one of the only bright spots you had on defense the last couple of years. In 2020, he stepped in as a starter at cornerback, and he played very, very well when Derek Stingley decided he wasn't playing anymore. Last year, he moved to safety. He was, besides Damone Clark, the best player on the defense. He didn't play the last game of the year, but that's okay. He's going to come back this year. He's going to be a leader. He's a senior, and he's going to be playing for his draft position. Jay Ward is a dude. And next to Jay Ward, whenever whenever I say LSU returns only Jay Ward from the defensive backfield last year, you would think that LSU is about to throw out a whole bunch of freshmen and sophomores who've never played before. But that couldn't be further than the truth. You have two players from Arkansas who, who were major contributors, who were three-year starters at Arkansas. Joe Fouché played forever at Arkansas, brought Arkansas to bowls. Jarek Bernard Converse comes from Oklahoma State where he started for four years, 47 consecutive games as a starter at Oklahoma State, which is a very good football program. And he started for four years, 47 games he started. Jay Ward hasn't even started 47 games. Now, is Jarek Bernard Converse, Derek Stingley, or Elias Ricks? No. But last year, you had Stingley, Ricks, McLaughlin, and Cordell Flock, and that was practically it. This year, you're going to have Ward, you're going to have Joe Fouché, Jarek Bernard Converse, you're going to have Sage Ryan in his second year, you're going to have Major Burns, Matthew Langlois, who should take a step forward from being a a true freshman who played sparingly. He he got in a couple of times, didn't play a lot. But if he takes that step forward from a freshman to sophomore, you get him playing. Um, could be very, very, very good for your defense. Excuse me. But then if you look at you look at other contributors you have in the defensive backfield. Greg Brooks Jr. 
comes to uh, LSU as a three-year starter at Arkansas. He has he had four interceptions at Arkansas in the last three years. He's a guy that's played in the SEC, who has started in the SEC, and who has been really a a major contributor in the SEC, which is huge. Why is that huge? Because this team doesn't have hardly anybody playing who, who, who wore the purple and gold last year. Now, if you throw out Sage Ryan, Joe Fouché, Greg Books Jr., Sage Ryan was a five-star coming out of high school. Did he put everything together as a freshman? No. Did he get better as the year went on? Yes. Jarek Bernard Converse, he can go sit over there as your cornerback uh, one, and you can leave him on the island. Now, <laughs> you probably don't want to leave him on the island. I don't. He's. I don't believe he's as good as a Derek Stingley is. Is where you could just set him over there and say lock down the best receivers in the SEC. But he is going to hold his own. Who the other cornerback is going to be? Maybe Makai Garner. Maybe Seven Banks who was a starter in the college football playoff as a freshman at Ohio State. Last year, it didn't go as well for him. But he still started for Ohio State. He still has a ton of experience at the highest level of football. He played in the college football playoff. If Todd Harris is healthy, you still have him. He's been on the team for 12 years. And one reason that I'm I'm really, really excited is if you look at the coaches who are coaching these guys in the defensive backfield, you've got somebody who has been a defensive backs coach in the college football playoff, mind you, um... In Kerry Cooks, he's been with Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. He's been at Oklahoma. His defense in Oklahoma in 2015, top pass defense in the Big 12. Is that saying a lot for the Big 12? No, but also, you know Oklahoma scores 1,000 points a game, being a top-ranked and They also win a lot. Meaning that teams that they're playing, especially in the Big 12, all they do is throw the ball, especially whenever they're down. And when you're playing Oklahoma in the last 10 years, you've been down a lot. He had the top pass defense in the Big 12. He's coached all over the country. He was a very high-caliber cornerback in college at Iowa, which... I don't know about you, but I think of Iowa as a team that always has great, great defensive backs. And then at corner, at cornerbacks coach, you have Robert Steeples, who played in the NFL, who started for three years at Missouri at cornerback and then started at Memphis at cornerback. He coached a high school team 
that was 29 and 4 in his 4 years there he won two state championships or no. his final 3 years they were 29 and 4 whenever he first got that team they were 2 and 8 his first year now is that high school yes but at the same time that's a coach who completely turned around a high school program and was good enough that the NFL called him and said hey we want you to come coach with us. That's impressive. Is it bad that we lost Corey Raymond, the father of DBU? It's not the best thing, especially, especially because he went to Florida. So it's Florida's defensive backs, who, who are already all, always good, going to be better. Is Florida going to start churning out some five-star cornerbacks, some first-round cornerbacks? Probably. But Florida doesn't have the title of DBU like LSU does. I could go over the the commitments that we have for next year already in the defensive backfield and in 2024 in the defensive backfield and show you that these two coaches that we've just gotten are killing it on the recruiting trail. They're going to get defensive back university right back on track. And with with everything that's going on, hiring Matt House as the defensive coordinator, his defensive backfield is going to look 100 times better than it did in 2020. And even though you don't have the top-end talent like LSU is used to, the numbers that you have in the defensive backfield after losing Stingley, Ricks, Flott, McLaughlin, after losing practically your entire starting defensive backfield and getting a defensive backfield that has more experience now than all the guys that you just left, plus a bunch of young talent, bunch of a bunch of young talent coming in cuz I didn't even mention the freshmen in LaTerrence Welch and Jordan Allen and Jalen Davis Robinson who are all coming in and who can all contribute especially a LaTerrence Welch a long-bodied uh cornerback from here in Louisiana from Lafayette where we haven't done great recruiting but has produced some hell some hell of good football prospects. When I tell you I'm excited to watch the defensive backfield and I believe that it's going to be taking steps to get back to uh, one of the most prominent units in the NFL, in the, in the NFL, uh, in the NCAA, I'm excited about the defensive backfield. Yes, you don't know who half of these guys are. I understand that. But by the by the end of by the end of the season, you're gonna know these guys' names. You're gonna wish that you could keep them for two or three years. But be excited to see LSU start to turn the corner 
to be one of the premier destinations for cornerbacks again and to be a powerhouse on defense again. Because, man, it was irritating watching this team the last couple of years. Expect, like it's beginning, a, beginning of both the last two seasons. You start off against UCLA last year, scored 30-something points. But you couldn't stop a team that went like 6-6 six and six from scoring every time they touched the ball. I don't think that's going to happen this year. And I think it starts in the defensive backfield. Join me on the next pod. I want to talk about the defensive front seven. And that's when I really get excited about what Matt House has to deliver. And I really get excited about <laughs> the defensive line. Linebackers might be the biggest question on the team. But we'll get into that on the next pod. Thank you for joining me. And I will catch you all down the lines.